And that's the hardest thing that people do that don't put him on, is putting him on. And that's the hardest thing that people do that don't put him on, is putting him on. It's so easy to put on religion, to put on tradition, put on what we've always put on, and never put on Jesus. I like to sing songs that has the Lord Jesus in it. Matter of fact, most of our songs mention his name, and they don't have a long shelf life around here, no matter how giddy up they are, if they don't talk about him. I like to talk about the Lord Jesus. So um, if you would turn in your Bible with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1, and, and Lynn's going to put up on the screen Deuteronomy chapter 31. But that's, we don't need to look that up. But I want to I remind you that we are always having a new dimension of God's grace pasted in our life, a new dimension, a new side of the mountain, as it were. It's always been there just like it is, but we could not see it. We were just standing on one side. And uh, as time goes on, as man goes on, as the covenants unfold from being uh, wiped out in Adam's sin, Adam wiped us out. It was started out perfect where we saw every side of the kingdom. Adam was supposed to live forever. We were supposed to live forever, but he messed it up with sin. The devil got in. And so we've had to be clawing, as it were, our way back. So the first dimension of grace was in Deuteronomy 31, 8, it says, uh, He it is that doth go before thee. He it is that doth go before thee. And then it goes on, He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. So God, his posture for the children of Israel is that he's going to go with them. How did he do that? Well, we saw that he, in the wilderness, he had a pillar of fire by night and a cloud, a pillar of cloud by, is that right? Yeah, by day. So he would go before them, and that was his relationship to them. Then in Matthew 1.23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Interesting, the scripture then interprets it, says, which being interpreting is God with us. So that's not, that's a better perspective or a different angle of the mountain than God is going to go before you. This is God will be with you. And so people love to sing the song Emmanuel, but really it's unscriptural for us to sing the song Emmanuel. God uh, is with us. Because in Colossians chapter 2, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 25, we get an upgrade. God is a different perspective on who he is to us. Paul said uh, to the church at Colossae, Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God that is given to me for you a dispensation of God. So there's chapters or epochs or ages that God goes through to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery. So something's being unfolded here. Even the mystery, which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. So there's an unveiling. 
At first he was the cloud by day and the cloud by night, and then he brought the Lord Jesus into the earth, Emmanuel, God with us. And then he said, but I've got one better than that. What could be better than God going before us? Well, God with us. What could be better than God with us? In verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. So not even to the Jews. The Jews had everything there was for their age, their generation, their, their uh, uh, epoch. But he said, I'm going to do a new thing. What is it, Paul, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? So now we went from God before us to God with us to God in us. But I'll tell you, a lot of the church still is God with us, never leave us or forsake us. They like that. They're comfortable with that. But that's a low level of God. Then they like it that Jesus, they put Jesus in the manger, make him a baby, make him a child, especially at Christmas. And they said, this is, this is who God is. They even say in, the, in some churches, Mary, the mother of God. Well, Mary wasn't the mother of God. Mary the, was the mother of Emmanuel, God with us. But, he, but she wasn't the mother of God. She was just a mother. Amen. So the supernatural wasn't with her, except that she became with child supernaturally. But the Lord, he kind of has to do that anyway with all of it. So it says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory. So this is a big deal, riches of his glory, of this mystery among the Gentiles. Do y'all think this is God's last mystery? He's showing us stuff all the time. Revelations are being poured out all the time. And we say you can go as fast as you want. You can get stuck back with the cloud. You can get stuck back with Jesus in the manger. Or you can upgrade to the mystery, which is Christ in you, Christ in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory. So God's not over there, and God's not over here. God is in here. Wow, what an upgrade. What a change. What a difference. The Wade translation just a different angle on the same verse. To them, God has determined to make known how inexhaustible is the glory to which this secret purpose relates and which is to be realized among the Gentiles. This secret purpose is Christ united to you, constituting your hope of glory. So something's happened. So God's in the pillar. He's over there. Or in, in the back then, he was in the mountain, Mount Sinai. He was, and Moses went up the mountain. Everybody else was afraid. Moses, you go up because we're afraid of God on the mountain. But he was over there. If you were over here, if you were in, in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Jerusalem and God was on the mountain, you could separate yourself from God. And if Jesus, Jesus Emmanuel, where he was, he was in Jerusalem, he was in Capernaum, he was in Sidon. That's where he was. But now where is he? Oh my, he's in me. 
He's not over there and he's not up there. He's right here. Now that's a mystery. No other religion, no other faith, no other tenet has dared to say that their God has moved inside of a person. That's pretty exalting, actually, that God would say, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at homes. I'm looking at new places. I believe I'll move into her, and I'll move into him. It's like, God, you can do better. You can be in this palace. You can be in this, this what the Bible says, house made without hands. He said, nope, I'm going to move in. I'm going to move into the belly of a man, of a woman. The, the, uh, the living Bible says, and this is the secret, that Christ is in your hearts, that Christ in your hearts is, the, is your only hope of glory. So it's not an attaining, it's not a going somewhere, it's not an accomplishment, it's he's moved in. And it says it's glorious. The 20th century says this revelation means nothing less than Christ in union with you, your hope of glory. So he never leaves you or forsakes you. And he's always with us. So we didn't give up anything in the first mystery, the second mystery. But he built on it and said, I'm moving in, which means he had to sanctify it. God doesn't move into the unholy place, a place of, of, uh, that's uh, unclean, unkept. He cleansed us by the blood of Jesus and said, now it's fit for me to move into and I'm coming in. So here's what we say, that we, you cannot know who, what you have. You cannot know what you can do. What can I do with my one and only life? What can I have? Does God care if I have a new car? Does God care if I go around the nations? You cannot know until you know who you are in him, till you know who you are. What you can do, what you can have is based on how much authority, how much power, what can I do in cooperation with him? It's based on who I am in him. And so we would say that based on you have to know who you are, that you cannot do anything more or have any more than what you know. If you don't know anything, then you, you can try some stuff, but you don't know if you can speak to the storm coming across Mississippi, which happens pretty regular. You don't know. Well, can I speak to that storm? Because I don't want to be foolish and say something to a, a system that I don't have a power over, that I don't have a jurisdiction over. But what if I knew? I can speak to the storm. It will hear me. It will listen to me. And it will obey me. And I'll tell it what to do. And that's what it'll do. Oh, my. Well, what's that based on? It's based on who you are. He's in me. He's in me. So my whole life, your whole life is the sum of who you are in him, the sum of what you know you are in him. If I don't know it, if I don't know you put $1,000 in my bank account, then I don't dare write that check. And if I don't know the storm's going to listen to me, I don't dare speak to it. It'll mock me back. So we're always enlarging our borders. The more you know, you can know more today than you knew yesterday. The more you can have, 
the more you could do. We ought to be growing in him. We ought, to, we ought to know more. Therefore, if we know more, then that knowing, that knowing of knowing more causes me to be able to be bold towards what I have and what I can do. But if I just sit there in the traditions of men and say, well, it's the same as it always has been, then you'll put God in a cloud or you'll put God in a manger. But Jesus died. So what are we going to do with that? He's not Emmanuel anymore. Jesus is not Emmanuel. God with us. He's God in us. So we don't even sing that song, Emmanuel. We don't even sing it because it's not, it's outdated. It's not even true. Would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5? We looked at this last week. Put on the Lord Jesus. Let's look in verse 17. So we're, we're, we're discovering who we, are, who we are. And you cannot know anything about who you are without the Word of God. The Word of God sets the absolute borders and boundaries and limits, the potentials, the dreams, sets everything for us. And you cannot know anything apart from this. If you do, it's based on a feeling. It's based on intelligence. It's based on speculation. It's based on opinions. Like, well, I think this is the way it is. You can hardly know how many people we all run into ever, all the time that says, well, this is how I think it is. And then you say, but that's not what the scriptures say. Yeah, but that's the way I think it is. And you go, well, how bold are you about that? Well, that's just the way I think it is. So that just means they're not willing to be taught. And if you're not willing to know more, then you can't know what you have and what you can do. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17. Yeah, we said this last week. The word starts out, the verse is therefore. So you have to read one through 16 to find out what the therefore is therefore. It says, therefore, if any man, any man, any person, right there, you have a broad brush, any man, anybody. You have to understand, we came from a time when it was just the Jews. And if you weren't a Jew, you, you weren't any man. You had to be this man, that woman. And if you weren't, you were outside. Then all of a sudden, a revelation came in and says the Gentiles, the non-Jews can be in on this. They could be in the any man, which includes us. If any man be in Christ, he, that any man, if he's in Christ, is a new creature. A new creature. So here he's explaining Christ in you, the hope of glory, by saying, you're a new creature. Now, religion today, tradition today, says we're an upgrade. We're an enhanced model of just the man on the street. This man, that man. We don't know anything about their relationship to God, but we just say, well, we've been enhanced. We've been, we've been modified. Yeah, upgrade. We've been upgraded. We're just a different version of that. But here the verse says that's not so. That we're not a new version, a modified version, an enhanced version, but we are a new creation. 
You go, but we look the same. Well, the creation part is on the inside. The body is the same. He is a new creature, a new creation. Then he explains what happened to the old creature. If we're a new creature and we look like the old creature, what does that mean? He said, old things are passed away. I looked that up. Let's see where that is. It means perished. Old things are perished. It means uh, annihilated. What do you think of when you think of annihilated? It's completely done away with. It's annihilated. Went into the incinerator. Went into cre cremation. It went, it's annihilated. It does not exist anymore. The word means destroyed. It means abolished. Old things are passed away. Old things are, the old man is abolished. You can't find him. You can't find him because he's gone. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So he's talking about the new birth there. A new birth, a new beginning, a, a, a do-over. Not modified, not upgraded, not enhanced, but a do-over. The new... English says, when anyone is united to Christ, there is a new world. The old order has gone, and the new order has already begun. The translator's version, if a man is in Christ, there is a new act of creation. So that takes us back to Adam and Eve. When there was no one, he made the garden, and he made a new creation. He went into the dirt of the earth and squeezed it together and made a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. The deef says a true Christian is not merely a man altered, but a man remade, annihilated, destroyed, abolished. The Lavak says, for if a man is in Christ, he is created anew. This is what happened to us. This is what happened. Well, we would like a few more fireworks and a little more fuzzy feeling, but it didn't happen that way because it happened on the inside. The man he was passed away, and behold, a new man has been created. If we can get this, the most simple of things, the things that we completely pass over to get to the good stuff. Well, will, will he make me wealthy? Well, will he heal me? Well, wh what about this and that? If we would back up, we wouldn't have to ask about those questions. We'd just say, let's find out what happened at the moment of the new birth. The truth is, every entity in the unseen realm knows this better than we do that it happened to. Every spiritual, every, every creature in the spiritual realm, that would be angels, that would be Holy Spirit, that would be demons, that would be the devil himself. They are all very aware of what happened, and we are very well known in the unseen realm. Very well known. You're categorized, you're lumped in. 
There's the do-nothing, the lukewarm Christians. Don't have to be concerned about them if you're a demon because all they'll do is help you do your job. And then there's the the uh, Christians that are a little dangerous. They're they're dabbling. They're messing around with this kind of gospel. And then there's some of us that are after it. Get out of the way. I'm coming through. I want to know who I am. Uh, who you are, you've been sized up. It's kind of like a rap sheet. If they bring you in on a warrant in the regular world, the first thing they do is they look up your priors. What have you done? If you go to get a job, they look up your priors. What have you done? Well, I was the president of this and I was the vice president of that. Well, that, that would tell us what we're willing to offer you with us. So we have history. All of us have history. We, some of us, well, all of us have done bad things. But the blood, blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness, so that's not even hidden. That's been, what do they call that in the records? Expunged, taken away. First uh, Corinthians 6.17 says, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He that is joined to the Lord, if any man be in Christ... Here it calls it, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Well, that brings up another little interesting thing, that before I was born again, the Bible says, the Lord Jesus said, you are of, you are of your father, the devil. So he was our father. We had his nature. We had his agenda. We had his weapons. We had his abilities. We were manipulators. We were fornicators. We were controllers. We were we took advantage of everything that was out there. We were just like a dog that's been let go and he's on his own. And you see him on the side of the road sniffing at everything, trying to get a meal, trying to make it. That's who we were. But then we became joined to the Lord. What does that mean? It means that I was swallowed up by him. I was a distinct entity. I was in the devil's army or the devil's employ. I had his nature. And I was in Christed. I was joined to the Lord. He came in. And I gave him permission. I, I asked him to swallow me up and hide me in him. And he did. And now it says, you're one spirit. One spirit with what? One spirit with God. How can that be? Well, it can be that because he created us. The whole system from Adam was him, but we were, we were spoiled or we were nullified by the devil. But Jesus came and redeemed us out. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you. Let's just turn to 1 John. Let's just turn. 
we'll have to come back to this, but we, we, we don't mind. First John 5.13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Well, what about all those denominations that say you can't know? You can't know until you die. Because you, 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 it's based on works. It's based on how good you were and how bad you weren't. And if you have a real bad testimony, a testimony of I was bad, then there's a high likelihood you're not going to make the cut. But here the word says, the Bible says, God's word says, I've written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have, that ye have eternal life, that you're in Christed. We can know. We don't have to die to discover it. There's not just 144,000 of us. Take that. It's not based on a number, a finite number. It's based on me. It's based on what he already said he would do if I said I give up my life. I'm bought with a price. I'm not my own. And he said, I make you one spirit with me. You can know that you're one spirit with me versus knowing that you were one spirit with the devil. Wow. So how terrible is it to be one of those churches that wanders around all their life trying to do good, trying to do good, not because they're in love with God so much. It's just because they want to make the cut. They don't want to be left out. They don't want to be left here. How can you know? Just do the best you can. I can tell you several churches. That's how they preach. They preach that every message is a message of social justice. Do good. Keep your nose clean. Stay out of trouble. And stay faithful as you can. And... God, on that day, maybe he'll be in a good mood with you and say, you know, I'm really proud you gave that $10 that morning, and I'm going to let you in because of that. Well, wow. Back to first, Second Corinthians. Should have got you to put your finger there, but hallelujah. Let's go down from verse 17 that we just were in. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Um, that, that new are become new. I looked that up. I thought somebody might ask and then I asked and it was good enough. Uh, it means new kind. All things have become a new kind. It means unprecedented. Oh, God's never done this before. We're on the cusp of a new thing. It means uncommon. It means extraordinary. How are you today? I'm extraordinary. I'm uncommon. I'm unprecedented, if you must know. It means unparalleled. There's nothing like me that's ever been made. All things have become unparalleled, uncommon, extraordinary. It means unrivaled. It means exceptional. Just want you all to know this morning that I am an exceptional because I'm in Christ. 
old things have passed away, the unexceptional, the common, the rivaled, passed away, and behold, all things have become extraordinary. We're pretty hot on a stick, if you all know what I mean. There's nothing like us anywhere. There's no angels anywhere. There's no creature that he used to make or that he used to like. There's no, there's no apostles or disciples that ever was that's hotter than you and I. Matter of fact, they weren't even born again, and we are. Verse 21, then he goes on and follows up. He said, for he hath made him to be sin for us. So he tells us the process. He just tells you, here's what I've invented. Here's what I've created. And then you go, well, how'd you do that, Lord? Well, it's a secret. Nobody can know my mysterious ways. No, he said he, said he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. So he tells us how it happened. Jesus was sinless. I sent him. He took your sin. He became what he was not. He became who you were so that you could become what you were not and give up who you were, a divine exchange. He identified with us so that we could identify with him. You go, that's how I became in Christ and old things passed away and behold, all things have become new. That's exactly right. He who he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin on the cross that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I looked up that word made because, you know, it could be a temporary. It could be a, you put a patch on a tire and blow it up, but it still leaks, but you can make it to the station. That word made means to be completed, fulfilled. It means to be made finished. So it says that we might be finished in the righteousness of God in him. He's done. Well, God's working on me. No, he's not. He finished. He completed. He did it. Old things have passed away. Behold, that Michael Ray Billings is something else. That Rebecca Moat, she is a, that is dandy. That is as good as I could do. And I've been doing good stuff for a long time. Y'all, we're something else. You got to know this. Because then when you face the devil and he said, you're, 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 you're dirt. You're worm dirt. You go, okay, I'm extraordinary. I'm uncommon. I'm exceptional. I'm unrivaled. Well, what does the unrivaled, the exceptional, the uncommon? We can do anything there is out there to do in the name of Jesus. We are on the level and par with him. Y'all remember in John chapter 14, Let's see if we're going to go. Yeah, John 14. Look in verse 2. Well, look in verse 1 and just read down to there. It says, let your heart not be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. That's the only way, isn't it? How many people are trying to get to heaven without Jesus? They're everywhere. There's whole worldwide religions that are trying to get to heaven. They'll actually quote the Bible, but they want to go without Jesus. Then in verse 2, he says, look, look, look. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
In other words, I'm going to tell you everything about how heaven works. I'm going to tell you everything about creation and how it works. I'm going to tell you everything about your fallen state. Adam raised up, fell. Devil took over. Jesus raised up was exalted and we were exalted with him. He said, I'm going to tell you exactly how it works. There's no mysteries. The Buddhists, the Hindus, the Muslims, the Jehovah Witnesses, they all have mysteries. Well, you can't know that. That's that's hidden God. There's nothing hidden God. I love to answer questions about the kingdom because you can answer all of them. The mysteries he talks about. This was a mystery, but he said, now it's revealed. It's come forth. And then he says in verse 2, uh, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. No mystery there. What's going to happen when we die? Oh, you'll just be like a dog. You just throw you in a hole. Dead is dead. Dog dead and human dead. Man dead. It's dead. It's not so, he said, I go prepare a place for you. Then he goes on, uh, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Here's a roadmap. Here's an itinerary. Here's, Here's how it's going to happen. And receive you unto myself that, why, why? Why does the Lord want to come back and get us? This is the most powerful verse, that where I am, there ye, ye may be also. We are so special, we are so uncommon, extraordinary, and unrivaled that he, he, the Lord God himself, wants to be with me. you got to be pretty, yeah, buddy, for God. I, there's lots of people that don't want to be with me. <laughs> I mean, in crowds. We're not with him. But the Lord said, I know what really is going on down there with Michael and Deborah and Joey. I know what it is that I've done and what the Lord Jesus transacted. Extraordinary, unparalleled, unrivaled, uncommon. And I want to, where they ever they are, I want them to be with me. That's why we're going to heaven. He was here on the earth and here we were. But then he went and he said, I'm working on a plan to get all my kids up here. So where I am, there they will be also. We're not going to be, he's not God going with us. He's not God with us. He's God in us. Every way you cut this and, and slice this, it gets better and better. So he made us so we could go to heaven. How, how's that? Well, there's no unholy thing in heaven. It's not that God doesn't want, any, want everybody in heaven, but he cannot. He's holy. In the Old Testament, even in the Old Covenant, only the high priest once a year could go into the holy place where God was. And then they tied a rope around his foot and held on as he walked in. They had the they they sewed garment uh, bells on his robe, his gown, or whatever they call it, so that if he quit jingling, they'd grab the rope and everybody would pull Grandpa out, High Priest, pull him out because you, if you missed a step and you weren't holy, you weren't sanctified, you weren't going to be in the place with God. So it's no different now to go to heaven. You got to be sanctified. You got to be cleansed. We don't just go up there and say, hey, 
Jesus has made us holy. And then he said, that's so that where I am, you may be with me also. So I'm, I'm real in, I'm, I'm amazed about the divine order, the types of heaven that are displayed in the earth that tell us how good it's going to be, but tell us how good it can be even here. Divine order is a wonderful thing, and I'm a stickler about it. I mean, it's like, let's get divine order. The Bible says where there's strife, strife, fussing, and envy and jealousy, said there's confusion in every evil work. So if we get out of order, there's strife. I'm, I'm the top dog. No, I want to be the big dog. No, you're the little dog. I'm the big dog and all that. That's what the church does. The Bible says right there in that, away from divine order, there's confusion in every evil work. So we got to get the marriage right. What's the divine order? We got to find out and get it in his order because everything outside of his order is confusion, every evil work. What's in heaven? Do y'all think there's any confusion in every evil work in heaven? It's in complete divine order. The more divine order we get on the earth, in the church, in our marriages, in our families, in, in our lives, the more blessing and right it'll be. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, if you would. Jesus made, Ephesians 4, Jesus made a way to have days of heaven on earth. Say it with me. Days of heaven on earth. It's not like, well, we're down here and the devil's in charge. He's not in charge of me. In chapter 4, it talks about, it gives us a little window of this divine order. It says in verse 11 of Ephesians 4, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, divine order, and some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did you give us those things? Well, they're for divine order, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the building up of the divine order and the divine life. How long? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, a developed man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what's the outside limit? It's based on what you know, who you are. He said you can have the measure of the, what do you call it? The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How close can you be to being perfect? Jesus close. Just how bad do you want it? Here's the plan. Here's what it looks like. Here's how you get there. It's up to you. You got to stay out of strife. <laughs> you got to stay out of strife and jealousy and envy. You got to say, I don't care about that position. I just want to be where he put me. If you're the pastor, be the pastor. If you're the wife, be the wife. If you're the husband, be the husband. Whoever you are, just be there and divine life will follow divine order. And it'll be better for you following divine order at a so-called, so-called lesser position than if you strive and are jealous to get into a higher position. There's 
confusion in every evil work. And then he goes on, excuse me, verse 14. He tells about the change, that we henceforth be no more children. So what are children? Children are always trying to assert themselves. Let me do more. Let me have more because I'm big, because I'm, I'm, I can do it. He said, that's just striving. Henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, natural men, and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. I would say, what would you say, that a lot of the church is this. They're children. They come into church and they say, I want to be boss. I want to be the big one. I want to be the decider. The church I grew up in had business meetings once a month. <laughs> they had to because there was nobody in charge. Maybe the head deacon who was elected wasn't the pastor but they had these business meetings. How are we going to spend our money? Well, how much do we have? Well, why do we not have as much as we had last month? And so it's just, and they look forward to these meetings. I'm not, tell, I'm not saying that they have to go to them. They love it. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. I'm growing up in him in all things. I'm growing up in him in all things. I'm growing up in him in all things. All, every part of my life, I'm growing up in him, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, here we are, here I am, here you are, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. So I'm a joint. Are you a joint? We're absolutely joints, and we supply. And if you don't have a knee joint, if, if you don't have any joints between your hip and your ankle, you walk different than everybody else. <laughs> if you're not supplying, you've crippled all of us. We all are in that body that walks funny. And there's a lot of funny looking walking going on out there in the church. Compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according, okay, what are we supposed to look like? Because we don't know. Unless the Bible tells us, we don't know what we're supposed to look like. The church has speculated. They just said, well, we'll look like this. We'll be just like the world. We'll elect this, and we'll, we'll uh, uh, vote on that, and we'll, uh, we'll see who gives the most, and we'll make them in charge of this. That's what they do. But he said, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body. So everybody that's on board is saying, I want to help the whole. I want to help the whole body. I, I'm here to promote the whole. I'm not here to promote me. I'm, promote, I'm here to promote the kingdom of God, not the church. The church is there to promote the kingdom, but we have so many pastors, so many people, so many churches that are promoting the kingdom of their church. Oh, my. Maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. He said, if you do it right, it'll turn out good. It'll turn out where everybody says, we're happy. You happy? Yeah, we're happy. Are you so happy? We're so happy. Are you the boss of anything? No, I just am over my part. 
I, I'm the knee joint, and we don't walk funny anymore since I've been doing my part. We, we, we can run and not be weary. Hallelujah. So we're stabilized. We're confident. We're satisfied. We're fulfilled. We speak to the mountain. The mountain moves because we're in our place. We know our place. So we're putting on the Lord Jesus. He's the head. He's the head. God made him the head. You don't have to make him the head. But the Bible says if you don't, you're going to have strife and jealousy and envy, and therefore you'll have confusion and every evil work. It sounds like you're either in God or you're in the devil's camp. You're either doing it God's way or there's just one other way. You can't be a special Christian that just doesn't do it God's way, but you're special. No, you're in the devil's camp right there. I want you to turn, you're right there, turn to Romans 13. We got just a minute more, or 20, or 80. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 13. So here's how we do it. Here's how we do it. How do we do it? Chapter 13 of Romans says in verse 13, let us walk honestly as in the day. I have found, and I'm going to talk about this another day, another way, that Christians have a hard time being honest. They're not honest. They make it up. They make up stuff that's not there. They deny, they deny stuff that is there. We're always working on our resume to other people. I, I'm doing better than it looks. I'm doing better than it seems. He said, let us walk honestly. If we walked honestly, then we would, we would confess our sins one to another. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Because it'll be all over the church. And you'll be thrown out. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Well, how, Paul? But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you put him on, you're taking all that other off. The, uh, uh, the uh, Amplified says, but clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. In another place it says, put on, put on, clothe yourself with humility. I'm just who he made me. And I'm doing everything he told me to do and not anything that I'm not supposed to do. I'm in my place. I'm in divine order. My whole job is to stay in faith, to stay in my place. He says, put, on, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Yay. So how do you know who you are? It's by revelation. How did I ever know that I was a pastor? Because it doesn't come in the mail. The IRS will send you stuff in the mail. But the Lord doesn't send you stuff that says you have been promoted or you have been demoted, whatever that would be. And this is it. It's by revelation. How do you know you're supposed to get married? It's by revelation. It's not by goosebumps or... She's real pretty or she cooks real good or, and all those things are 
probably in there, but it's by revelation. This is the one. How, where do you where do you go to church? It's by revelation. It's not like, well, they have live music. Of course you go there. They have live music. Everybody would. That's not a hard question, but yet that might not be the answer. It might be by revelation. That will be no more as children tossed to and fro. So you got to know who you are by revelation. So every time we come to church, every time we open the word, every time we go to prayer, we're asking God for what? For revelation. Show me what I didn't know because some tradition of men, some unprovoked thought, un, unchallenged thought, I should say, is operating in me as if it's truth. I've got a truth bucket here. Is there anything in my truth bucket that's not true? The word says to think not more highly of yourself than you ought. Is there anything in my truth bucket that I say is true that's not true? No, Lord, I say I'm a worm all the time. Well, that's not true. So we should say that Christians ought to do Christian things because the world's already busy doing the worldly things. But we've been stymied, we've been challenged, we've been hindered. The word calls it hindered. The devil, the, the devil hindered me, Paul said. We've all been hindered by traditions of men. How you were raised, or not raised, is how you were raised, is a tradition of men. Well, why do you believe that? Well, I just do. We, we're, we're always talking in here about people we run into that'll say, well, I, and you, you start sharing with them, let's go to church together, Let, come go with me. Well, I believe this. Well, why do you believe that? Well, I just do. Well, here's what the verse says. Here's what the scripture says. Here's what the Bible says. Huh, I'll have to think on that. That means that they've got to go think of a way to have their tradition and work that scripture in where it doesn't contradict them or just get rid of you. Just, just, you know, you're not my friend. You believe what you believe. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The glory, if you defined it, the glory is the demonstration of the power of God. So what, where we're going at River Church, where we've always been going, is to be glory distributors. We lay hands on the sick and they recover. We just got to go find them and say, I know who I am. Therefore, I know what I can do. Based on who I am in him, I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm extraordinary. I'm uncommon. I'm unrivaled. I'm, I'm the one that you didn't, didn't think existed. I'm about to lay hands on you, and you're going to be changed. Based on me knowing who I am, I know what to do with you, with you, because you don't know who you are. Therefore, you don't know what you have. You have healing. It's been apportioned to you, but you don't know it. You don't know who you are. You think you're an unworthy worm. You think you're, God's through with you. You think what you did messed you up and God's not using you anymore and you can't be healthy and you can't be, uh, get your bills paid. But I do. 
and I'm fixing to change your life. If you'll let me, I'll change your life because Christ is in me and he's the hope of the demonstration of the power of God. That's who's in me. I'm wall to wall and treetop tall with Jesus. And there's just no getting around it. He's willing and I'm willing. He led me to you. I know what you need. I know what I can do in him. And it's about to happen if you'll give me permission. That's all that's needful. So if we don't lay hands on the sick, if we don't speak to the mountain in people, if we don't help them, if we don't say, come, come, go with me to learn a new gospel, a gospel that sets you free, a gospel that works, a gospel that works, this gospel works. We don't just talk about it. The reason we have testimonies about healing in every service, every Sunday morning service, is because we're endeavoring to saturate our atmosphere with what they did, I can do. It was Brother Doodly do. Well, he's nothing special. He's nothing that's off the wall. I can do what he did. And this, this testimony tells me what he did. John Lake, y'all know John G., he said this. He says, as a Christian, it ought to be as easy for you to work miracles because of the Holy Spirit living in you as it was for you to sin when you were filled with the devil. So we got to know something. So we need to transact in our head. I'm changed. I was the old man that I was, and I was full of sin. I was condemned. I was weak. I was afraid, but old things have passed away. And behold, all things, everything, where there's fear, now there's courage. Where there was, where there was unbelief, now there's faith. There was, but now there is. And I know that. And therefore, what I know changes what I do. So, Father, we thank you this morning that you're always showing us who we are by the word. But now we're watching, we're listening, we're sharpening, we're tooling up to go do whatever you have for us. I believe, Lord, you've been showing us things to do and we didn't recognize it. We said, well, that's God's job. If he wants that done, he'll do it. Or that's some spiritual preacher's job. But Lord, you've been sending us people for a long time saying that's your job. So, Lord, now we open our eyes, and we thank you, Lord. We're going to see what we haven't been seeing, and we're going to have what we haven't been having because of revelation. We thank you, Lord Jesus, you're in us, and you're one spirit with us. We're not separated from you. We're not two things inside there at war, but we have, we have melted into you, and Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that today we change into what we've always been changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, now we're responsible. Now we know. But we can do it. We can do it. Amen. Hallelujah.